Hey guys, what's up? This is Chris Chavez, co-host of History Creeps, Hardly Kayfabe, and Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Normally, you'd hear a bumper for the network right about now. Instead, I wanted to take a moment to ask a favor. If you've ever listened to many of our shows on the network, you've heard us talk about a place that has quickly established itself as a staple of downtown Buffalo over the past couple of years. Mizuta Chow's is a Japanese-themed bar-slash-restaurant-slash-retro-80s arcade that features amazing Japanese-inspired street food, top-shelf drinks, and a glittery pink staircase that has become one of Buffalo's most popular Instagram selfie destinations. Like many other establishments around the country, Mizuta Chow's was forced to shut their doors and lay off their staff when the COVID pandemic hit. At first, they didn't let that stop them from helping the community. For weeks, Johnny Chow and his partner Christy, along with a number of other Chow's employees, worked to feed essential workers on the front lines treating those affected by the virus. They organized pop-up drive through grocery supply stores for anyone who needed essential items. The crew at Mizuta Chow's has worked tirelessly to support the community during this rough time. Now, we here at the network want to help show our appreciation for an establishment that has proven what it means to be a neighbor in the 716. Recently, a GoFundMe was set up to try to raise money to help Mizuta Chow's pay employees, bills, and ensure that when it's safe to, they can open their doors to the good people of Buffalo and Western New York. I know things are rough everywhere, but if you are able to, please consider donating to the Mizuta Chow's Relief Fund on GoFundMe. Every bit helps. You can also find a link at bicbp-radio.com. Thanks for listening and supporting the network. Now on with your show. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of History Creeps. Our little creepers. Uh, I'm Chris Chavez, one of your co-hosts, joined as always by the other creepiest of creepy co-hosts, Johnny Townsend and Carter Johnson. What's up, fellas? What's happening? I don't want to brag, uh, but I <laughs> I accidentally dutched oven myself the other day uh, when I was in bed asleep, and apparently. Uh, you know, nature taking its course, <laughs> and I accidentally had opened the blanket, and it just rushed upon me. Uh, as uh, that one old classic rock band would say, that smell was uh, truly awful. And, smell this around you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that smell. Oh, man. I saw that post, dude. I was like, how does one accidentally do that? Um I always thought Dutch oven though was when you put the covers over somebody's head after you farted and just and trapped yeah, them inside. Technically, that, that's what I thought it was too. Technically, it is. Uh, uh, you did you did the you re- a regular I, oven like where you open an oven and feel the yeah. burst of heat. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, that's it's a great way to wake up because uh, <laughs> it just opens your eyes quickly and the morning is upon you. It's just thrust upon you. <laughs> Whether you want it to be or not. Oh, so I recommend. Man. You know, that's funny because my kid totally rats me out now. She's like, oh, daddy, you farted. <laughs> like, no matter what, like, even if it wasn't me, like, yeah. even if it was her, she'll be like, oh, daddy, you farted. Smart. She's already <laughs> like, learning. Dude, 
Yeah. That was the protocol. That was you. I would claim that if I could, but that was you. That was the protocol. Have you taught her how to crop dust? Not yet. Uh, I, but- we don't. We don't have anybody that we particularly dislike coming around right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. It's like, like, what am I going to do? Teach her to, well, you know what? I could teach her to crop dust the cat. <laughs> Start training. The cats, the cats crop dust us all the time, so maybe it's time for some payback. There you go, revenge. Oh this man, is a dish best served smelly. The uh, man, the stuff that entertains us under the circumstances. How are you guys doing, man? I haven't talked to you guys as a collective in quite a while. Carter, how I'm are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm. I read it. I finished a great book yesterday called Cold Storage. So it, um, a meat packing. That, I, meat packing. What? No, it's it's actually it's the guy that wrote like the screenplays for Jurassic Park and uh, Panic Room and like all these. David Cope is the guy's name. I think that's how you say his last name. What's it about? Uh, it's about a fungus that like is a killer fungus, right? And this guy has to go in and contain it, you know. And so he contains it in a co- in a cold storage area at the bottom of an army base and then 30 years later the army base is decommissioned or whatever and they sell the government sells the property and a self-storage place buys it and so the thing leaks out into the self-storage place and this guy has to go back in and contain it but he's like 60 something years old so the hijinks ensue it was actually it was good and it was johnny you would like it even it was pretty pretty funny and like like dark humor you know at one point in the book does he say i should have left it in cold storage and then he just like kind of pans and looks at you uh, <laughs> you know kind of gives you a wink you know they are making a movie out of it so you might get your wish i mean oh that's awesome i will not accept it unless that happens that's the only way i'll accept this <laughs> and i want johnny knoxville to play that guy oh 100 percent Great, but Johnny, but Johnny Knoxville in his old man makeup. Yes, exactly. exactly. Like it's got to, yeah, it's got to be the like the one he did for Bad Grandpa and the stuff when he used to do it on Jackass. There you yeah. go. There you go, Johnny. What are you doing to keep yourself busy, man? Well, I am the proud owner of a five star island on Animal Crossing. Oh, currently. that's right. That's <laughs> right. You're still on that Animal Crossing. I'm very. Uh, I am. I can I put something I out am there? An expert. I. I yeah, go ahead. I'll get it. I swear I'll get it if you build a creeper clubhouse. I'll have to make room. I got so many. Literally, my <laughs> my uh, island has everything from a wrestling ring to uh to like I got a little <laughs> I got a Stonehenge area. So <laughs> I'll, I'll have to I'll have to. I even have a hedge maze that I made. Can you go day. and can you go and purchase more land elsewhere, or you just you it's no, a finite amount of room that you're allowed to do something to? Exactly. Yes. I don't know if I like that, man. Sims, at least you could move all around. Yeah, Sims is awful. I'll fight you over Sims. <laughs> I hate Sims. Yeah, but do you like Sims City? Oh man. Oh, I Sim like Sims City. Sons. Fun. Simpsons are great too. Simpsons are yeah. great. Um, you guys watch anything creepy? Any creepy documentaries? Any weird things? Oh my god! To keep yourselves yes. occupied, dude. So much. What are you watching? Give people uh, something to watch. Okay, so we watched VFW. Did I tell you guys about this yet? No. No, isn't okay, that... Okay, so VFW... That... Okay, go ahead. It's... Uh, I'm trying to think of all the actors. It's Stephen Lang, uh, William Sadler, uh, Fred Williamson, Martin Cove. Does everybody remember Martin Cove? Sensei from Karate Kid. You know, Sensei yes. Leg, Johnny. Okay. Yes. 
Yep. Uh, Martin Cove, George Went. Norm. Uh, from, from Cheers. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, and David Patrick Kelly. Does everybody remember David Patrick Kelly? Warriors, come, come out, out to play. play. Yep. Okay, so they're all a bunch of old veterans hanging out at this VFW one night. Uh, and this girl comes crashing in with a bag of drugs. And she's being chased. Sweet. She's being chased by drugged out mutant punks. What? And they have to defend the VFW from these. Mu- Sorry, from these guys. And yeah, it was super bloody and super old school. What did you watch and- it on? And do what? What did you watch it on? Uh, I think it's. I think you can rent it uh, like on Amazon Prime and stuff right now. It should be going to a service pretty soon. I'll look for it. That sounds like right up my alley, man. Dude, it was awesome. It was so awesome. i just been watching just the same old stuff. I've not really gone out of my way to watch anything new. I'm not a binger, so I don't really binge stuff. I was telling Johnny the other day, uh, I've, and it's not creepy at all, but I just started watching that Last Dance uh, Michael Jordan ESPN documentary. Where they That's just, my current love. Yeah, yeah, they chronicle the last season of the of the Chicago Bulls and everything that they went through. Um, it just makes me miss that man. I remember I was I was I remember growing up watching that stuff. So when you see the gameplay and just how much it, how different it is today, uh, it makes me miss the old school way of playing. But that's all I've been doing, man. Just doing that and working. Not much else. Not yeah. Much the early nineties uh, NBA basketball is what got me in the NBA basketball and I've been a fan ever since I uh, may or may not wink, wink, have a podcast coming soon about that very subject matter. Uh, but, um, cause you know, I need another podcast. I don't have enough, <laughs> uh, but I, I recently watched on Netflix and I think it's only four episodes. So it's short. You can get through it really fast. Uh, it's this documentary called how to fix a drug scandal. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's about these, that sounds like- that sounds interesting. It's it's about in Massachusetts. It was it happened really close to each other. Two separate events. They're very similar. Where two people who worked in drug labs who would you know like if you uh, were caught with drugs by the police, they would send the drugs off to these labs to be tested, and that's what these people would do. But they were getting high off their own stuff and just lying about it left and right, and it affected like hundreds and thousands of of, of cases up there. Wow. And that's what it's about, and and it and I was like, man, I'm not going to get into this. And I watched one episode, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Every really time, like, man. Yeah. I thought it was going to be awful, but I really, really got into it. It's very interesting. Um, you'll feel really bad for, and it sounds weird to say, but you'll feel really bad for this one lawyer, um, because everything he had to go through. So uh, I do recommend it. I gave I give it a thumbs up. Noise. There you go. There you go, creepers. There's some things for you to check out. Some books. Some shows to watch um dude oh you know what i, I gotta tell you there was another show i, I got into and it, and uh one of the episodes informed uh the topic we're going to be speaking about today um but but uh yeah dude that uh that movies that made us on on netflix oh, how oh, awesome yeah. is that isn't it man i, I want to watch more and more dude, of this. it's so awesome man such such good stuff man uh, but anyway, I, I really want to know what they're going to do for the next season for that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And also real quick, I mean, this isn't something to watch, but it's another podcast uh, that I've been getting into. It's called Strange Arrivals. Ooh. Uh, and it's and it's kind yeah. of a whole it's a whole series just all about the Betty and Barney Hill. Ooh. Uh, oh, wow. And they really dive into it. It's very good. I recommend it. 
Speaking, speaking of podcasts, I just got on to Chris Delia. If you're into his comedy, he's got a podcast called Congratulations with Chris Delia. Hilarious. Freaking hilarious. Especially now that he's on lockdown and quarantine. It's it's almost like he's just like, I don't know, gone off the deep end. It's it's insane. It's pretty funny, man. I was, I've was i been listening. what most of us have done? <laughs> <laughs> right? It does. It feels like it for a lot of people. Unfortunately for me, I mean, I guess fortunately for me, um, my life has really not been disrupted so much. Aside from the fact that I work uh, my regular day job now, I'm working out of the studio. Um, other than that, it's the same. It, I wasn't a big clubber or going to bars or going out to eat at restaurants. Yeah, me either, and, dude. You know what I mean? Like I didn't do that stuff. I mean, rarely go to the mall I've here and done there. That stuff, you know? Exactly, exactly. So yeah. my life literally consisted of going to work and going home or podcasting. You know, so it hasn't changed too much. Uh, but again, I'm fortunate. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have been super affected by this thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and we appreciate everybody who's listening right now, and uh, please stay safe. And if you're one of those uh, workers who are on the front lines, as they say, thank you. We can't thank you enough. For for sure. Uh, let's get into our show, guys. Okay, so this is History Creeps. Uh, if you've listened to us oh, before, <laughs> you know what <laughs> we know do. Show this was. <laughs> you know what we do. We talk creepy, unexplained, paranormal things through history. Uh, and a lot of times we open the show with current creeps. This, I mean, I'm sure there are current creeps. I mean, reality right now is a current creep. But uh, yeah. <laughs> what we, what we're bringing is actually an update. Johnny, you want to talk about this? Yeah, actually, Chris and I both had the same current creep. So this was uh, definitely a big deal, or it would be if we weren't if- all currently going through what we're going through with this virus. <laughs> but this was kind of swept under the rug and just kind of seemed. The only reason that this even got viral as the kids say is because everybody was commenting on how this <laughs> like nobody cares about this right now because of the <laughs> virus going around and that is a fact that the um we all remember we've discussed it on the show those very uh those i think it was the navy wasn't it who released those videos yeah 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 of those of those ufos well i think it uh, was the navy hadn't released it originally what it was was tom DeLong, the blink 182 guitarist and vocalist had remember we talked about this in the past where he had left the band to start his own kind of UFO exploration company and they had come across a lot of this footage and had released it and then the navy later came out and said yep it's real that 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 stuff that they had put out is real um but yeah this time it went a step further yeah uh and that is the fact that um the pentagon uh, officially uh, declassified those videos and said that they were definitely UFOs. Boom. They don't know what they don't know what they were. They officially came out and said that, uh, which is a huge deal. But uh, like we like I already said, uh, we're all kind of dealing with something else right now. <laughs> so yeah. it definitely took a back seat. You definitely uh, see all these humongous. It's a humongous thing. You definitely see all these memes where it's like Pentagon. Hey, UFOs are real. The public, meh. society, we don't care. Yeah, they're like meh. <laughs> And it I'm went always, viral for not going viral. I think right? it, like it, that's, yeah. that's so weird. I think that here's the thing, though. I think it's because like we'd already seen this now. We'd seen two versions, the version with Tom DeLonge's company putting it out, then the Navy kind of saying, yeah, this is legit. So the fact that the Pentagon did it was it, it felt moot, I think. I think that's why nobody really is freaking like if they had been like, OK, UFOs are real, real and here's a whole shit ton more footage that we have on file. Trust me, that reaction would have been a whole lot different. Well, but don't you feel like it's two different reactions? Like, I don't know. I feel like we live in an age where people confuse the term UFO with the term alien spacecraft. Yeah. Like, they're not necessarily yeah. the same thing, right? So right. just because they've said these are 
unidentified objects. We don't know what they are. Right. We can't correlate it with anything. Doesn't necessarily mean right. that they were alien spacecrafts, right? right. It just it's, means they yes. can't identify it. Correct. And and coming from the Pentagon, and we saw we all saw the videos and uh, heard the pilots talking. Even those guys know what they're talking about. Yeah. If they say I don't know what that is, I mean, you know, what are we supposed to say? Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I they're think... they're literally saying these. This is unidentified aerial phenomenon. We don't know what it is, but I don't know if that's the same as the Pentagon saying, "Oh yeah, aliens are real." Yeah, Roswell. It's, it's not the same. Like, oh no. yeah, like yeah. it's. So maybe that's why we're not all freaking out over it because it's not. Yeah. We, but what the three of us want is for the Pentagon to say, "Yes, aliens are real. Yes, we've recovered." Uh, crashed saucers and bodies and yada yada yada. Yeah, we meet with them every other month. Yeah, exactly. This feels like a step towards that. Yeah, like what we've talked about before about maybe they're preparing us. Yeah, and then that's the thing. I think when we did when we did discuss the whole Tom DeLonge thing uh, last year, or maybe it was even earlier than that. Uh, in the article when we were discussing the story behind that. Uh, and these videos that they put out, I remember that he also talked about his company being in possession of alien kind of technology or some sort of uh, fabric or something that was alien uh, because it didn't come of this earth or something like that. And that in due time, he, had a lot, he made a lot of claims Yeah, that they'd yeah, be able right. to release it. So when this happened just this week, he went online or put something out where he was happy that they did that and that all the work that his company would, had done is validated and now they're ready to move forward with the next phases of releases. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be it's, interesting. Yeah. And, and it's just a fascinating video to start with. I'm sure most people who listen to us have, have at least kind of watched a bit of it, the video and just listen to the pilots talk. And then I think it was Joe Rogan uh, had one of the pilots on his, on his podcast, uh, talking about it too and it was very fascinating um but yeah it's uh it's 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 just really incredible to me i mean like i mean like carter was saying yeah it's not it's not them coming out and saying aliens are among us it's not that at all but it's still fascinating because i think we're just so used to the government coming out and saying what what this is and it's trying to be some scientific explanation that almost sounds made up but it was swamp yeah. gas type of deal or a weather balloon yeah yeah yeah, yeah and it's yeah. just really Way more fascinating that they literally came out and said, yeah, we, we don't know what this is. It's going to be interesting to see what lies ahead, especially in the climate we're in now. You know what I mean? Like we're already unsure yeah. of what reality is going to be like in the next few months to a year to a couple of years that to have to completely shift it and readjust to, a, an, you know, the, the, the reality that existing life is out there. It would be uh, I don't know I don't know if we I don't know if society could handle it now, dude. They can't handle staying indoors for a couple weeks. They're just like, nope. They they would not be able to handle UFOs yeah. coming down. Yeah, right we literally now. have people we have people screaming at nurses and doctors. Good now, lord, so. yeah. <laughs> Good lord, what is well, and happening? That's, and that's the thing is like you're going to end up having a discussion about that. Is a come is a controlled release of information a cover up? Mm. There you go. That's that's something to ask as well, man. Because I've seen I've seen some talk that DeLong and these are the deep conspiracy guys that DeLong is involved in the conspiracy now. 
Oh. Because he's doing this. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it could yeah. be, though. Why so not? Because, he's not, because he didn't just say, here's everything, and you know, shove it across the desk at you. Well, you know, sometimes we live a, uh, long enough to see ourselves become the villain. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Well said. You know, the nice, funny thing Johnny. that gets me is like, do you remember when DeLong did this and said, hey, I believe in UFOs? And everybody looked at him like he was kind of like, huh? It's funny how yeah. certain celebrities can admit to that and they're com- and people are completely fine with it. And it must be based on, I don't know, either who they are or their background. But then there's other ones. But not that he's like any kind of scholar, DeLong, or, or anywhere anyone that you would think, how could you believe in UFOs, right? I mean, he was a punk guitarist. Why not? Yeah. But people reacted that way. But when if I told you guys that Dan Aykroyd, see what I did there, uh, believed in UFOs, you wouldn't blink twice. You'd be like, of course. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's- the man made Ghostbusters. Like are we and and sneakers? Let's not forget his crazy conspiracy theorist and sneakers. Oh yeah, he's to- he's totally okay, so, into that stuff. I mean, dude. yeah, it's he's in there, man. So that's my way of transitioning into our topic today, creepers. Today, and you did it beautifully. <laughs> today is not. It's not t- technically a story. I'm, I don't have a straight up story. Uh, but it's, it's, it's something that I learned about, uh, watching that show that, that the, the movies that made us when they, they cover the Ghostbusters, they taught, they touch on a piece. And I remember hearing a little bit about that. Uh, but the funny thing was, is lit- I don't know, it was probably a month or two before, uh, I watched this, this documentary about Ghostbusters that I had listened to a podcast that had covered a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today as well. Um, so I, it was just kind of this weird thing of like, how, how have we not talked about this on History Creeps? Any creeper out there that's been around long enough knows that Carter is literally one of the biggest Ghostbusters fans of all time, and we haven't talked about it on the show. This is it's 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 it would be like me and Johnny having, you know, a a 1990s, late 80s, 90s TV cartoon movie TV show or a podcast and not once ever the nin- mentioned Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I would die inside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so today we're going to talk about Dan Aykroyd. We're actually going to talk about a little bit about his family as well. I got a lot of my information from good old Wikipedia cuz you know that's where you can trust your news source. Uh, I also got stuff off of CTV News uh, website called Today I Found Out, the podcast, and that's why we drink and movies that made us. Here we go. Dan Aykroyd, as you guys know, Canadian actor, producer, comedian, musician, and filmmaker. Uh, he's famous for Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live, uh, being one of the uh, original cast members of SNL. Uh, he's also Blues Brothers. He was one of the half of the Blues Brothers, he and J- John Belushi, and as uh, Carter said, conspiracy theory movies, sneakers, but one of the greatest of all time, Ghostbusters. So if you've ever read anything about Dan Aykroyd talking about Ghostbusters, if you've seen any interviews, he's quick to tell you that it's a family business, that ghosts, that spirits, things, the belief in that paranormal world has been in his family uh, dating back to his great-great-grandfather. Um yep. Dan Aykroyd himself grew up in Ottawa. I found out I found this out from the Wikipedias because I didn't know this. His father, Peter Aykroyd, he was a policy advisor to the Canadian Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. 
Did not know uh-huh. that. <clears throat> Didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, right. Uh, Aykroyd was raised uh, in the Catholic Church, and he originally intended to be a priest, but ended up changing his mind at 17. He ended up going to school for like criminology or something else and just didn't want to do that either. Dropped out, got into comedy and music. Um, he considers himself a spiritualist. So, again, we're going to go right into this, the spiritualist side of, of, of the family. So listeners of, of History Creeps, or if you're into this stuff, you know spiritualism. You know about the movement in the 1800s when it was about trying to contact the other side, having seances. There's famous pictures of um, these people who are in trances, and it looks like just like cotton string hanging out of their mouth and noses. You know what I'm, I'm talking about, guys? Yep. Supposed yep. to be ectoplasm or spiritual plasms. Um, so yep. There you go. So as far back as his great-grandfather Samuel, spiritualism has been a part of the Ackroyd family. Samuel was a dentist in the 1800s uh, who was also extremely fascinated by the spiritualist movement. And this is because he came into contact with, a, with hypnotists in the field of dentistry. In the 1800s, um, you know, we didn't have things to help numb you. We didn't have Novocaine. Uh, people doing, you know, minor surgeries and doctors, they didn't have things to help kind of sedate you or control bleeding as well as they do now. Um, so they used, they used to believe back in the day that hypnotists could help with that. You could hypnotize somebody so they wouldn't feel pain during pain, uh, tooth extractions, uh, you know, and that apparently it was supposed to help control bleeding. Have you guys, I remember watching a show back in the day where it was like all these weird kind of things from around the world. And I remember seeing something about how, People could be hypnotized, and then you cut them, and they don't bleed. I think I have heard something like that. It's uh, or read or read something like that. Maybe yeah, hypnotism itself is kind of a fascinating thing that we need to cover at some point. Um, I know it's a big deal on that uh, Strange Arrivals podcast because that's a huge part of the Betty and Morning Hill story. Oh, uh, is hypnotism? Uh, but yeah, it's a, kind of a fascinating field that you know, of course, with any sort of thing that's kind of dealing with the paranormal at times is either uh, some people say they swear by it and other people think it's a, you know, it's a joke science type of thing. Yeah. And then you'll always see it as a comedy act too, like a hypnotist on stage making people do things. And uh, I found this one guy uh, online recently that does it and it's, it's amazing just watching people, but it makes you really wonder like how much is this is real because it looks too like on like immediate, you know what I mean? I feel like you have to get yourself into a state and it just looks too immediate. Um, anyway, okay, so he got involved with a lot of these hypnotists, and through that, you know, he it was basically the world, the, the door open to the world of spiritualism because some hypnotisms also doubled as uh, mediums and they would hold seances. So Samuel got super, super interested in this, and so much so that he started to hold weekly seances in his Kingston uh, homestead, which, by the way, Dan still lives in to this day. Uh, so Samuel would entertain mediums and psychics all in an attempt to contact the other side. He even had correspondences with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle uh, of Sherlock Holmes fame. He's also known as a big spiritualist back in the day. He had I remember reading something with um, was it Harry Houdini? I, be, I, feel, I believe it was Houdini who was really into trying to prove the other side was real. And he the way he went about doing that was by disproving mediums. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't I don't know if he wanted to prove the other side was real. I don't know that, but I do know for a fact that he was really hardcore into exposing a lot of people he felt were charlatans when it came to that because uh you know uh people were 
or, or have lost loved ones yeah. and he felt that they were being taken advantage of. Right, but he did he did want to he like he really wanted to know it was real. He there was a thing with Houdini where he and his wife said that if they ever died, one of them would go to the to a medium and the other would do their best to come through. He really wanted to try to believe in it. But be, you're right. What he saw was a lot of kind of, you know, heartless just uh, people getting taken advantage of, and he didn't like that. Uh, but I know there was something with him and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, I think, because uh, Doyle's wife, I believe, back in the day, said she was a medium, um, and Houdini was just kind of upset the, at the fact that Doyle would would uh, you know try to get him ensnared in, in some sort of thing. That's definitely another story we'll get into. Uh, but anyway, Samuel, yeah. yeah, Samuel was definitely into the into the world so deep that he had kind of rub rubbing elbows and interactions with some of these bigger names in history. Um, he got so involved, he ended up employing a medium to live on the premises to be on call for seances. So he literally had a guy living with him so that if he was like, I feel like we should have a thing tonight and dude would just be ready to go. Well, that's a good gig. <laughs> no kidding, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Samuel kept journals and notes of his experiences. Uh, Dan and I, Dan's father, Peter, ended up discovering these locked away in an old trunk after Samuel died. Uh, Peter would end up collecting these and publishing the book entitled A History of Ghosts, The True Story of Seances, Mediums, Ghosts, and Ghostbusters. Uh, the book cool. details, yeah, the book details much of the Aykroyd family history with spiritualism as well as acting as an encyclopedia on the subject. I'm definitely going to see that, about getting Do you know when that, that book came out? Um, About 10 years ago, 15 years ago now, I think. About 10 years okay. ago, something like that. Yeah, so it's definitely been out for a while. Uh, I'm definitely going to look into getting it, too, because uh, w the way I, I was reading some of these articles and Dan Aykroyd went on a book tour with his dad promoting the book. And so he would discuss like what the book talks about, and what it's into. And I was like, man, I got to get that. How do I not have that book in my life? Dude, that's a, OK. That's a missed opportunity for me. I should have bought it when I met him. <laughs> there you go. Uh, wow. You, yeah. you, you it was there for you. Yeah, it was when he was doing a tour for his vodka and he was selling the book and stuff also, as well as the vodka. I want to buy the vodka just for the skull bottle. That's the only reason. Yeah, the I, I, yeah I have one. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Did you open it? Is How does it? How is it? It's it's not bad. Okay. It's pretty good. Okay. Mr. Aykroyd producing pretty, pretty good vodka. Uh, I would drink it. I mean, on the regular. <laughs> that's a quote on that the, uh, from Carter Johnson, personality of history creeps. I would drink it. Um, so, uh, so Dan himself experienced spiritual interactions. Um, there's a family story that has that when he was born, he was visited by his dead great grandparents. And this is a quote. He says, my mother spoke about a time when she was nursing me and an old couple came to the end of the bed. The image faded away. Later, she pulled out a family album and saw that it was my great grandfather. Uh, he also tells of a time when he was living in California. He lived in California for a while, and in a home he was living there was once belonged to Mama Cass of the Mamas and the Papas. Yeah. He, so there he had a number of experiences. He felt a presence in the bed with him. He would say that he could feel somebody getting into bed next to him. Um, I don't think he ever said about whether or not it got frisky. But he says he could feel people get into bed with him. Jewelry would be in one place one moment and then somewhere else the next, and that um this this one cracks me up dude uh he claimed that the stairmaster would turn on on its own all the time like he'd be just kind of sitting there and all of a sudden the stairmaster's going because somebody needed a workout he's quoted as saying quote i'm this is great i'm sure it's mama cass because you get the feeling that it's a big ghost 
<laughs> hey, does anybody remember the jogging ghost from Ghostbusters 2? There I you mean, go. There you go. Uh, though he's never actually seen a ghost, he claims to frequently have vivid dreams in which lost friends visit him. He's been quoted as saying uh, he often feels the energy of his late friend John Belushi visit him. So it was with this kind of history, uh, you know, now that we know his history and the family thing that from what we learned on that that uh, Netflix show is this is what really informs a lot of Ghostbusters. Um, the, the idea behind Ghostbusters itself, it's, it says, came about from a combination of watching an old Bowery Boys comedy called Ghost Chasers. And he read an article about the relationship between parapsychology and quantum physics. And he just thought to himself, wouldn't it be cool to make like a comedic ghost hunting show or movie, but kind of based in reality? The quote is literally says, let's redo one of those old, old ghost comedies and let's use the research that's being done today. Even at that time, there was plausible research that could point to a device that would capture ectoplasm or materialization, at least visually. Um, and so Carter, this is where I'm sure you, you've probably got all kinds of Ghostbusters trivia knowledge. Um, but one of the things about this was that, you know, he ended up writing the movie and the movie we see today isn't originally what he wrote. Apparently, uh, in the not even close. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I've heard there's a lot of differences. There's apparently the original, original story has the Ghostbusters traveling through different dimensions and different kind of realities. Uh, chasing spirits, and uh, instead of using the uh, proton packs, they carry wands like Harry Potter. Yeah, there's actually there was a concept art of of them. <laughs> Their uniforms were backpacks with wands and like face shields and riot gear. And uh, yeah, they they would travel through different dimensions, and there were like hundreds of ghostbusting teams. And he and Belushi were were supposed to just be like one the one team that you would follow through the, through the film. Yeah. And he, and that, that's one of the things uh, he was written. Uh, I think it was Venkman's character was written for Belushi. Yeah. Originally. And uh, Eddie Murphy was also supposed to be in the film as well. Uh, but Belushi apparently yeah. obviously had passed away and Murphy was doing uh, Beverly Hills cops. So he wasn't able to be in it. So that's when they got uh, Harold Ramis and Bill Murray. Um, and that was the thing when he was on set and he talks about it on this documentary and also in the things I've read when he was on set, he was very open about his belief in spiritualism and the belief in the other side. He, he believes like ghosts exist uh, between the fourth and fifth dimension. And that's a, like they're literally here and that you can they're, they're constantly all around us. Um, and he talks about how like some of his castmates uh, weren't so much believers. He's quoted as saying Harold Ramis was a complete non-believer, skeptic and agnostic full on. Bill Murray, of course, is Irish, and he knows ghosts exist, and sometimes the dead do linger in the land of the living. Uh, Ivan Reitman, he's Jewish, so he knows. There's a lot of paranormal in the Kabbalah. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to this, man. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, you know, did you guys know that? Well, I guess you do because you saw that documentary. But uh, the the role that's for um, oh, what's his name now? The nerd. God, Rick, Rick Moranis. Moranis. Rick Moranis was originally supposed to be John Candy. Yeah, yeah, and then and that, then yeah. there was and then John Candy. Uh, they talked about him maybe being Gozer for a little bit, and yeah. then they were gonna have Paul Rubens play Gozer. Yep, like I there's saw there's that. art of kind of a, just an unremarkable guy in a suit, kind of standing there. Can you yeah, imagine? I, I, like I was trying to think. I'm a huge John Candy fan. I love you know I love that guy, uh, but I don't I don't know if he would have worked in that role. I think they got I, I think can't, Rick. 
I think yeah. Morenus was perfect for it. Yeah, I can't picture it either. I just maybe maybe for Gozer if they'd have gone a different way. Yeah, you know, I could maybe see that. But you know I, Rick Moranis just owns that role so much, you know that I don't know. I can't. Yeah, and it's can't because anybody else doing it. It's know? almost literally like he re- he rewrote the character itself, though, because I remember in that that show that they were saying that he was supposed to be kind of more of a confident guy, and he wanted to play him more of a nerd. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, a lot of what you see in this film when it talks about, you know, ideas like ectoplasm, which I think I read somewhere where uh, it hadn't been mentioned until Samuel Ackroyd way back then, like the term ectoplasm hadn't been mentioned or or something in the someone in the family had a, a hand in, in popularizing that word. But things like that, the idea that, you know, um, some of these things were could be contained in in special containment units. These were all ideas that, you know, back in the old days, they were really trying to figure out. Like we do, we have um, we have those. If you watch ghost ghost hunting shows now, you have those voice boxes now, or what are they called? The ghost boxes yep. where they talk, right? Appar- ghost box, yeah, the spirit box. Apparently, his great grandfather tried to build their own, like a spirit box back in the day. I don't know how you would do that, a phonograph or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, apparently they tried to make their own ghost box as well. It's a very fascinating thing, and I got to tell you, I can't wait to. I got to get my hands on this book because I really want to dive deeper into kind of the history of of this family and what they got into. But it's kind of cool to just see, see, you know, this that movement, the whole spiritualist movement, the impact it had on pop culture. However many years later, you know what I mean? Almost a hundred years yeah, later. Yeah, the idea oh, of ghost huge. hunting has been around that long. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, even even Abraham Lincoln's wife, Mary, was hardcore into that stuff. She was trying to communicate with her her uh, sons and her husbands she had lost for years yep. after that. So, and that's in the eighteen, you know, sixty seventies. So, it's been around for a long time. That's what I'm saying. And for it to literally impact modern day pop culture, you know, a hundred years later, but then even further because we still still talk about Ghostbusters today. They're doing the third one. Uh, that's coming out at some point, right? Did it get pushed back? Yeah, yeah, because of the whole March. production thing that you know the COVID. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty cool to kind of see how our interest in paranormal parts of history do affect just basic reality and and what we enjoy, what we grew up on as kids. And I remember watching as a kid, like you totally get into Slimer and you like the, how cool the lightning, you know, beams look coming out of the proton packs and, and and the 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 state puff marshmallow guy. Exactly. Like you love all this stuff and not one piece of you is thinking about how it's literally touching on historical things about spiritualism and, and, you know, mind reading and mediumship. Well, we always we always talk about the X Files when we talk about like what you know what is it that got you or got us into, I guess weirdness like yeah. this, you know. But I think I th- dude I think in a way Ghostbusters yeah did it for a lot of us too, and we just didn't like realize it. Do you know what I mean? Heck yeah! Like it was sure. it was like a subtle thing, you know, like that maybe you know because I remember being a kid and thinking, man, this is just the coolest thing ever. Yeah, you know, like this is when I I I, I watch Ghostbusters. Uh, before I even knew that, you know, movies weren't real. You know what I mean? Like when I grew up, I wanted to be a Ghostbuster. 
Yeah. I remember so, when that remember when that show I remember when Ghost Hunters first came out, like that sci-fi show Ghost Hunters. The yes. first time it came out I watched the heck out of that. Same. Show. And too. I and I remember yeah. literally thinking, like, holy cow, Ghostbusters came to life. Like people are literally hunting ghosts. Yeah. And I I, I remember those first couple episodes just waiting for how are they planning on catching these things, right? And then yeah, there was and like by uh, the way, <laughs> and by the way, they had more to me they had more credit to them because they went in and they would try to debunk stuff first. Yeah. And that made the stuff they did find, in my opinion, more credible. Yeah. And anytime they brought up pipes, I'd be like, okay, I trust them. They're plumbers. They they yeah. know what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. But I just remember thinking, wow, Ghostbusters, like, this is real. We're in a, we're living in a day and age where we can hunt ghosts now. Uh, so it's definitely had quite a, quite an impact. Well, we live in a we live in a day and age now, well, before this virus, obviously, where if you went to a city. Like on vacation, I guarantee you, somewhere in that city, you'd find a ghost tour of some sort. Easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Easily. I think every town has a ghost house, right? There, every single town has that house that everyone says is haunted. Yeah. I mean, I went, on, to be I went on two in Charleston. Nice. You know? Yeah, I we sat out and watched one pass by our hotel in Savannah. Oh, I went that on was one when in I Savannah. The room we were staying in was haunted. Nice. I went. <laughs> I went. I went on one in Savannah. I went on one at, at uh, um. Oh my God! Why am I blanking? Civil War Field, Gettysburg. Yeah, I went there on one there too. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a really really cool one. I like that. Yeah, one. Oh, yeah, that'd probably be pretty sweet, man. Oh, I bet it's, that's it's amazing. Haunted as hell. You know what's another oh, good one? It's gotta be. Another good one is this the one in Saint Augustine. Oh, I bet it is. Yeah, yeah. There's a, they have some of the best cemeteries down there, man. Yeah, for sure. I know that sounds weird to say that, but <laughs> but for the fact for the stuff that we're into and what we look for, I mean, that's that those are the I think we should do a future episode where we cover uh haunted tours from around around the country. We can discuss what they offer and you know what I mean? And if any of us have been on yeah. them or any listeners yeah. have been on them, they could give us kind of their reviews and we'll read them. Yeah, I like it. Awesome. So but anyway, listening and there's one near you, uh please let us know on our Facebook page. Heck yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's the story of kind of kind of the story. Just a little little uh, cool thing about the Dan Aykroyd and his family. And I call him the Dan Aykroyd because he's the Dan Aykroyd. Um, yes, yes. But yeah. And check out those shows, man. If you have not li- listened to and that's why we drink. Check them out, man. It's literally I was I was telling Johnny this because uh, and this is and this is nothing about nothing against you, Carter. But when Johnny and I used to do. Uh, history creeps and that's odd back in the day it would be like we each brought a story kind of a thing um, and then we yeah. just both remark on each other's stories as we were telling the story and this podcast and that's why we drink is literally that sh- it's just the female version of me and Johnny back in the day it literally sounds just like us except for probably better yeah <laughs> yeah they're they're pretty funny man they're actually good they're, they're pretty good but yeah check that out check out yeah, the show uh, check out the show uh movies that made us check out that ghostbusters that was pretty sweet uh episode uh but i got that's all i got guys i just wanted to kind of touch on some of that stuff i didn't know if you, you guys knew much about the Ackroyd family now, I, he, I, uh, I had known that he was into this stuff but i think I'd also kind of heard that his his dad was sort of into it, but I didn't know to what, like what extent that the whole family was. Yeah, yeah. There was the, there's I believe I believe in the book that his dad put together. Um, he talks about remembering like 
being in the house and watching the seances, like he'd be three or four rooms away looking down the hallway and just seeing everybody sitting around the table and them doing these seances. Um, so he, he's got a lot of memories of his father and his grandfather doing, doing these things. And so, uh, you know, Dan grew up around that his whole house. I mean, cause he grew up in the same house that all those things happened. And so he grew up around all kinds of artifacts and books and writings on ghosts and spiritualism and the other side. So it's, it's literally in the guy's blood. Yeah, for High sure. Strangeness, man. Yes, sir. So there you go. Creepers. I hope you enjoyed the Dan Aykroyd family business ghost busting uh thanks so much for coming by do you guys have anything you want to say before we take off uh i don't think so no 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 comment no comment (laughs) all right fellas uh johnny hit the lights carter lock the windows we're taking off creepers you're welcome to stay around in the dark but i'll tell you what you may not want to it's creepy yes it is we'll see you guys next week thanks so much for listening as always stay creepy